Hi, I'm Tamina, gender equality activist and sales professional at a global technology company. When I graduated from college in 2017, I was struggling to figure out how adulting works. School did not properly prepare me for some of the most basic things that my young professional life would eventually throw at me. If this sounds familiar, please join me on this journey to empower young women who are, just like myself, still in search of a Welcome back to the FemHive podcast. As you all know, the show is all about female empowerment, and I'm so excited you finally get to listen to this episode, which has been in the works for such a long time. And I am equally excited to be welcoming Kate Gelman today. Kate is an engineer who is passionate about innovations in neural interfaces to improve lives. She was one of the first employees at Elon Musk's Neuralink, his company dedicated to building the world's highest bandwidth brain-machine interface. This gave her the unique opportunity to learn from some of the technological leaders in neural interfaces and to be a part of deciding the direction of the company. She has designed and built technology for the surgical robot and wireless power transfer component of the brain implant. Kate also started and now leads the patient engagement team at Neuralink. This provides her with the privilege of working with people in Neuralink's initial target patient population, those living with quadriplegia due to spinal cord injury. She learns from them what is most useful for them from assistive technology and advocates for them within the company. Kate thinks the most important work she does is as an advocate for those that cannot advocate for themselves. From advocating for the SCI community in the technology development space to advocating for animals in the research space to advocating for the children she volunteers with as an inner city soccer coach. Hi, Kate, and welcome to FemHive. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Well, look, before we get started, Kate, we're going to talk about um, you being a trailblazer in a very male-dominated space. But first, maybe let's talk about how you ended up in Neuralink, because I know it's a pretty cool story, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was really just incredibly lucky timing. Um, When I was a senior in college looking for a job in neurotech, Elon Musk founded a super secret neurotech startup and it was leaked to the press. So I read about it in the Chicago Tribune, and I went to Neuralink.com, and it was just a white screen that said, jobs at Neuralink.com. So I sent one of those classic shot-in-the-dark emails with my resume. Around 20,000 people emailed that address that day, and I was lucky that someone actually read through those emails and chose me to be interviewed by the founding team. I love telling this story because Um, I'm hopeful that it will inspire others to take chances and go after what they want, because sometimes those shot in the darks really do work out. Wow, that's incredible. 20,000 people emailed them that day. That's that's really, really mind blowing. And the fact that you were chosen in the end, that's such an incredible story. Congratulations, Kate, because um, I mean, that's just such an incredible achievement and I mean it's Elon Musk right there there is probably tens and tens of thousands of people who are dreaming of working with and for him um have you ever met him actually yeah um sometimes I meet with him about once a week um it kind of depends how busy he is with his other companies (laughs) casual I just meet 
Elon Musk about once a week. No big deal. <laughs> that's that's really really awesome. I have a couple of friends who are uh, huge fans of, of 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 Elon Musk. So um, that that's really really cool, Kate. Uh, I already know this is going to be such a fantastic episode. Um, but m- maybe let's let let's pivot a little bit and and talk about you know the topic of today's episode, which is. Um, all about being a woman in male-dominated environments. And obviously, we all know that there is still massive underrepresentation among women in male-dominated and particularly STEM fields. And if I'm correct, you were not only the first full-time female employee at Neuralink, aside from one of the co-founders who was a woman and and a female contractor who had been hired before, but you're also the only woman on your current team. Can you maybe paint a picture for us what that's like, Kate? Absolutely. So first, I just want to highlight those two trailblazing women. Um, So Vanessa Tolosa is one of the founding members of Neuralink. She is an inspiring bioengineer and also my mentor. Um, And then Autumn, who was a contractor at the time, she now leads Neuralink's animal care team. And she's a groundbreaker who's changing the treatment of animals in research. Um, So for me, having just one or two badass women in the room makes a huge difference. Am I allowed to say badass? Yes, of course you are. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Because that is the best way to describe these women. Um, So when I started, Vanessa and Autumn were already there. And I watched them confidently leading projects and earning respect. And so I felt that I could do the same. Um, But it was still very obvious in many of the meetings especially, that the men would speak louder and really dominate the conversation. Uh, This was especially apparent in those early company meetings when, you know, the company was 13 people, so everyone in the company was in the room for every meeting. Um, And I just remember during one of those first meetings, I just wanted to say, it just feels like mom and dad 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 are all fighting. But Anyway, now at Neuralink, we're super lucky to have a ton of um, badass women. So a lot of this is because biology and animal research tend to have more female representation as compared to other STEM fields. Um, But some of our top mechanical and robotics engineers are also badass women. So um, now we have, yeah, these, I'm going to keep saying it, badass women (laughs) leading a bunch of stuff. But it's still obvious that almost all the people in leadership meetings are men. Um, And then on the electrical engineering team, which is my team, it's just me and 13 dudes. Um, So usually I feel like I'm the only one that notices, but sometimes it's obvious and even a little funny. Like one time uh, my boss DJ addressed the team and he said, good work guys and girl. Wow, I I don't even know what to say to that. But first of all, what what I wanted to reemphasize what what you're mentioning in the beginning, um, Kate, the fact that you're so inspired by those two female trailblazers, um, Vanessa and and Autumn was her name, I think. Um, mm. It's it's wonderful because I feel like sometimes women tend to compete 
And I I really want to help to change that narrative where it's all about women supporting women and you should be a woman who is fixing another woman's crown because at the end of the day, if we women don't stick together, then like how are we ever supposed to achieve true gender equality? So I I really, really love that. And then just the anecdote of of you know <laughs> mom and dad and dad and dad and dad. <laughs> That's just so hilarious. And I'm trying to like I picture that in in my head right now, uh, men like shouting over each other, and uh, that th- that must have been quite uh, funny for for you to see. But um, obviously, um, there's still a lot of work to be done. But I am glad to hear that there is more and more women that have joined the company, and um, let's let's hopefully um, work on getting some more women in leadership positions, uh, not only at Neuralink, but across the board, because um, we really, really need more female representation um, everywhere in every company, in every industry, uh, on each level. So so that's really, really great to, to hear. And as you probably know, Kate, the vast majority of our listeners are women. However, there are also a few male allies tuning in every now and then, which I'm so thrilled about because, again, if we want to achieve true gender equality, we also need men on board. So if there's anything you could tell the the men who were listening, what do you wish they knew about what it's like to be underrepresented as a woman? Yeah. So first to your point about women supporting women, I think that's absolutely true. Um, I've heard and seen that women are often the harshest critics of other women. And I don't know what we can do to get away from that, but um, (laughs) definitely something that should be talked about more. But then to your most recent question, um, I don't want to speak for all women, but at least for me, I would want the men to know that I just want to be recognized and valued as a unique individual. And being a woman is not the only thing that makes me unique, but in a lot of spaces, it is part of it. So I would say recognize my talents and my shortcomings, just as you would with any man. Don't ignore that I'm the only female in the room, but show me that you recognize it along with all the other things that I bring to the table. So For example, there was one time when my boss was assigning tasks for a particular project, and he assigned me to do the diagrams and documentation. And this might seem like subscribing to a stereotype, right? The only female does the organization. But when he assigned it to me, he said, this is because I saw your process flow diagrams and documentation for the robot team, and those were, insert expletive here, beautiful. He cited something that I had done and that he had noticed and commended. So this made me feel recognized and appreciated as a team member. And I think we need more of this, probably not just for underrepresented populations, but for management and team members in general. Mm -hmm. I love that because sometimes I feel like women or really, you know, any member of a marginalized group, like members of the LGBTQ plus community, obviously people of color, they can sometimes maybe feel as like a token hire or, you know, a token woman on on a team when it's really all about 
their unique talents and skill set and that's what they're bringing to to this team and to the company and so I, I i can certainly understand where you're coming from and it's great to hear that your manager was able to back up his decision um to to put you in charge of a specific task you know citing previous um examples of your work i think that that's really great to hear. And if there there are any people in the audience listening who have people responsibility, I think you can use uh, that as an example. Uh, you should definitely always value people's individual contributions, obviously beyond their their gender or race or um, sexual orientation. Obviously, intersectionality is super super important. Um, but I simply love what you just said there, Kate, and um. Maybe this ties nicely into the next question that I have for you, because um, what you were just mentioning about wanting to be recognized for for your unique skill set and for what you bring as as a talent. Has there ever been a time where you were told that you couldn't do something because you were a female in a male dominated space? Oh, yeah. So after the vice president of the North American Spinal Cord Injury Consortium visited Neuralink, I decided that Neuralink needed to be more proactive about engaging with our target patient population. So that is people living with spinal cord injury. Um, I proposed starting a patient engagement team. And one of the males in leadership at our company at the time told multiple people that Kate shouldn't lead this because she is a young female and no one knows who she is and no one will take her seriously. Wow, that's that's a lot. Um, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear that. That just sucks and is totally not okay. What was the reaction of maybe some of your coworkers and like how did you stand up for yourself in the end? Yeah, so a lot of my coworkers were sort of appalled by this, but I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't really do anything. Like, they didn't stand up for me. I found out about this from multiple of them who at least told me, but they didn't really do anything about it. And so since he was in leadership and he was well-known in the field, I also sort of didn't do anything about it at first, but mm. I found that I was doing all of the work and I was taking the time to talk to people and to learn all about this because even though, you know, he's older and well-known in the neuroscience field, he didn't know anything about this particular project. So I was the one who was taking the time to learn. And it took me a full year of things not getting done, of me doing the work, but him blocking any like real progress until he stepped back from the company for me to actually take it over. And so it was actually a really good lesson for me because I felt like a failure. I felt like this was something I wanted to do. This was something I was doing the work for, but nothing was happening to learn. I should stand up for myself sooner. I should be confident that I know what I'm doing, that I can do this, that I can learn, that I will fail and I will learn. But if I come up with something and I'm going to put in the work, then I can lead it and I should stand up and say that. Totally. And I mean, to be quite frank, at least in this particular scenario, you shouldn't have had to step up for yourself in the first place because it was totally inappropriate for him to to say something like that in the first place. And it's definitely all based on his his own internalized 
bias, right? So um, that's that's just awful. But but I'm glad that in the end it kind of like worked worked out. Do you mind sharing in what other ways you have stood up for yourself as a woman in a male dominated space? Absolutely. So I'm on the technology advisory committee for Team Gleason. Um, and it is me and several middle-aged white men who work in assistive technologies. So during one Zoom meeting, one man who I had never met before went off on a string of insults toward Neuralink. He claimed that he doubts if it will ever work and that Elon will probably kill people in the process of trying to get it to work. And when I tried to respond, everyone talked over me until the meeting was abruptly ended by the host. So the host is wonderful, and he called me multiple times to apologize for the way I was treated. Um, and the man who initially insulted Neuralink later sent me an email that just said, I hope my natural cynicism or protective feelings towards Steve Gleason didn't come off too strongly. Smiley face. And so I won't read my entire response, but part of it read, as the only woman on the electrical engineering team at Neuralink and in many other scenarios, I am more than used to being the only female and the youngest person in a room. Were I a man of the same age as everyone else in that meeting, I most likely would have been given a chance to respond had those offensive accusations been voiced. At the very least, I could have interrupted when you all talked over me. But as a young woman, I might be easily dismissed as a bitch. I hope this email will be read not from a young female, but rather from an engineer with a leadership position in the company at the forefront of brain-machine interface technology. And I hope that if you do work with my colleagues at Neuralink, that you will show them more respect than you showed me. Valid doubts and challenges are accepted as motivation to push ourselves to create novel and safe technology. But I hope that you will keep your unfounded, offensive accusations to yourself. So I copied the leader of the committee on the email, and he called me to say how happy he was that I stood up for myself, and it helped him sleep better at night. And he also has since put me on more committees engaging with the community because he, quote, knows that I can hold my own. Wow, Kate. I mean, first of all, snaps to you for sending that incredible message I'm so glad you also stood up for yourself and had had uh, the ovaries to do that um, because I I'm sure I like that a lot <laughs> I'm sure a lot of I mean like we got to be more inclusive in the use of our language as well right so anyway um, yeah I was just gonna say that a lot of young people in general not just like. Um, you know, women, probably like young men as well, but particularly, you know, young women or underrepresented people, they they probably wouldn't have had the the courage and the bravery to to stand up for themselves in that scenario, particularly in front of a more um, experienced individual. Let's let let's put it that way. So I'm really, really glad you did that. Also like that that email in general was just like so badass like just straight to the point and um didn't hold back but it was still in a very like professional respectful manner so i i i just loved it and i'm really glad that the head of the committee also called that out in a positive way so that's really really wonderful and i i i hope that this is gonna inspire or not i hope i know that this is gonna inspire a lot of our listeners who might find themselves in a similar position 
And um, yeah, speaking of our listeners, um, most of them are women in their 20s who are just starting their careers, which is, you know, pretty much our peers, right, Kate? And um, many of them also work in STEM fields or in uh, traditionally male-dominated spaces. What advice would you give to those women who feel less capable or where they feel like it's difficult uh, for them to to stand up for themselves what 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 uh, advice would you give to those women Kate yeah so on sending the email I ran this one past some of my friends and coworkers, and they all pretty much told me not to send it mostly they said oh it won't do anything or it might burn the bridge with the committee leader and I don't know my opinion was sort of you know what, sometimes if we're going to stand up for ourselves and make progress, you got to burn bridges. And so I was lucky that, you know, this didn't burn any bridges. But I don't know, I think so I guess that's part of that's some advice also is, if you want to make changes, you have to be courageous, you have to be bold to stand up for yourself. And then I guess that applies to the other advice that I have, which is to have confidence. Um, confidence in yourself does not only apply to your technical skill. It also applies to your understanding of yourself and feeling empowered to ask for help when you need it. So it's true that women are often less confident than men when it comes to technical ability, but women are also typically better at introspection. So when you think something is right for you, it probably is. And if you think you need help, you can ask for it. So never let your gender hold you back from anything, including admitting weakness. We hear over and over not to let our gender hold us back from applying for a position or asking for a leadership role or raise. But this also this applies to everything, including asking for help. So an example on this is one time shortly after I joined the EE team at Neuralink, I was really struggling with a project at work. Um, I'm talking stare at the equipment for hours and accomplish nothing struggling. And as the only female and by far the most junior person on the team technically, I was afraid to admit how much I was struggling. So during this, I spoke to my roommates, um, both females my age also working at Neuralink, and my father and other mentors, and they all told me not to tell I was struggling, and they cited the following reasons. One, you'll figure it out, give yourself more time, they expect it to take you longer, or you don't want to admit or draw attention to the fact that you know less than the other team members. DJ probably doesn't realize it, so why draw his attention to it? Or women always have less confidence than men. This is why you feel like you're less capable. Other team members might not know more. They just act like they do. Or women always put themselves down. Don't perpetuate this by admitting weakness. Or men already think women aren't as capable as engineers. If you admit that you can't do something, they might think it's because you're a woman. And I never want to ask for help too soon. I want to make sure I try as hard as I can before asking for help. So this stubbornness on top of the advice from my friends and mentors kept me struggling alone for weeks. But then I realized that I do have confidence in myself. Confidence to know that I'm struggling not because I'm less intelligent, but because I just have less technical experience. I have confidence that I did try as hard as I could before asking for help. No man on my team would allow himself to struggle with something for that long. If their gender is not a barrier to them asking for help, why should mine be a barrier for me? So when I did go to DJ, I told him exactly how much I was struggling. I didn't sugarcoat anything. He hadn't realized I was struggling at all, and he told me that it was impressive that I went to him and was completely truthful. 
We had a long, open conversation about what skills I wanted to learn and what could make me feel more empowered to ask for help sooner. And then he helped me, and I started making progress on the project. Um, so there's that one. But then I think my main advice is also to just don't underestimate your strengths and what you bring to the team. So communication, organization, and empathy are strengths. You often don't realize what your strengths are because they are things that come easily to you. So for example, if you're naturally a good communicator, you probably don't realize how much others struggle with that aspect of working on a team and how much they value your ability. Mm, oh, so many good things you just mentioned there, Kate. Um, I think, you know, as, as someone who uh, also doesn't really enjoy asking for help, at least not right away, I can certainly relate to a lot of the things that you're just mentioning there. And, you know, it is true that your your gender adds a whole new layer to that whole scenario, right? Because you obviously you 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 also have a certain sense of pride right and you know that you're smart you know that you're talented you know that you're capable and you know that you're hard working however as you're mentioning you don't want to ask for help and um maybe send a signal to to your coworkers or you know your environment in general like making them think that you don't know this or you cannot progress with this task just because you are a woman right it's 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 a very complex issue that also um takes a lot of you know self-awareness and reflection to really like figure out okay what what what's the best move here so I'm glad that you tried your best but then still we're like okay in order for me to really like finish this project or progress I, I simply need a few pointers and and I mean we could talk also about how <laughs> you know <laughs> male students like as early as like middle school or high school receive more mentorship when it comes to pursuing STEM fields or more or gaining technical skills men are usually more encouraged and there is a lot of unconscious bias there among teachers but that opens a whole new like um can 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 of worms but I loved how how you were so vulnerable in in sharing that and then how it was also really well perceived by your manager in the end the fact that you actually um asked for help so I I, I love that um so so much and maybe going back to something that you were mentioning earlier since we were already on the topic of asking for help and you know the importance of women supporting each other um one of the many reasons why male dominated spaces are tough on women is the lack of visible female role models right and um seeing more women thrive in traditionally male roles and industries can definitely instill confidence in young women to pursue stem careers in the first place And uh, you were mentioning already in the beginning, Kate, that you have formed a very special mentor-mentee relationship with one of Neuralink's co-founders, Vanessa Tolosa. So would love for you to tell us a little bit more about how that relationship came about and how important her mentorship is to you. Oh my gosh, yes. I could talk about Vanessa forever. Um, my <laughs> relationship with Vanessa has allowed me to grow more than almost anything else. 
So Vanessa has left Neuralink, but we still talk pretty much every week. She was arguably the most universally respected leader at Neuralink. So about three years ago, when the president of our company was giving me more management and leadership responsibilities, he asked Vanessa to sort of make herself available to me as a mentor. And she approached me about this. And she sort of phrased it as a question like, would you be okay with this? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so it definitely helped that I had already revered her as a badass scientist and incredible leader. But the thing that has really taken our relationship to the next level is Vanessa's openness and honesty. So she tells me about her experiences and what she has learned, and she's honest about her talents and shortcomings. And this creates a space where I can also be open and honest about my challenges and accomplishments. So she's allowed me to know her whole self and to share my whole self. And I know that I can go to her about anything and share the whole picture and get complete and honest feedback. Mm, I love that so, so much. Um, you know, I'm I'm now about what three four years in into my career as well and um the female mentors in my life have also played such an important role i really look up to them and um it's just wonderful to know that there are other ambitious women out there who have your back right and especially in such a male dominant space as the one that you're you're working in i think it's even more important to have someone that you can talk to and be really vulnerable with because as someone who's more tenured than you are as in you know Vanessa she she has probably experienced very similar things that you're currently experiencing or that you have been experiencing uh, for the past couple of years, Kate. So she can probably guide you through through that, that journey that you're currently embarking on and can probably give you some tangible advice based on her own experience. And that's that's just invaluable so i'm so so glad that even though she has left the company at this point she is still making herself available to you on a weekly basis and uh, yeah that's that's amazing vanessa if you if you if you if you listen to this podcast episode in the future thank you so much for all your service thank you for being an amazing mentor to to kate um that's that's wonderful and to all the other female badass mentors out there please know that you are having an impact and that you are making a difference in this world that you are paving the way for future female leaders so thank you for that and kate speaking of mentorship I know that you have become a mentor for younger women and female college students yourself. So would love for you to also talk a little bit more about that and explain to us how other women like yourself and, you know, people our age who now have a few years of post-graduation experience uh, on our belts, how how can we pave the way and, and pay it forward? Yeah, so I'd say take a page out of Vanessa's book and just be open and honest. So tell your stories and tell them truthfully. Um, I visited my alma mater, Duke, last year to give a talk about Neuralink. And while I was there, I organized a lunch specifically for female undergraduate engineers. I didn't really prepare anything, just allowed them to ask questions about what it's like being a female engineer in the real world. 
And so one piece of advice is, you know, do stuff like this, make opportunities. Because when I was an undergrad, I really had no idea what it was like to be an engineer until I did an internship. And so many of my female classmates ended up not becoming engineers. So I think it's really important to encourage women by showing them what it's like out there and that they can do it if they want to do it. So since that visit, I've stayed connected with many of the young women. Aside from individual calls and texts, I occasionally send out an email to all of them to share an experience like some of those that I shared during this podcast. Um, And the responses from these young women are always so great. They're always so grateful and they usually reply with like a similar experience. So I think it's just surprising how many, like you were saying, how many similar things that we experience. Um, And if we just talked about them more, we would all feel more supported. And yeah, just creating those open, honest spaces where we can talk about things. I, I really, really love that. I, I think especially for women, creating that safe space is really important because, you know, being a woman in, in a male-dominated space, it can be quite a lonely experience. Like for one of our previous podcast episodes, I I had my good friend and our fellow Duke alumna, uh, Sammy Siegel, on the podcast, and she talked about how to navigate being a woman in STEM, and she talked about her experience you know starting out at duke uh, majoring in computer science and minoring in math how she had experienced a lot of imposter syndrome and then you know when she landed her her first um, software engineer summer internship how she felt completely out of place and felt like compared to her male peers she was just lacking behind in terms of technical knowledge similar to what you um, had shared with us earlier kate so it's 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 so great to hear that you are paying it forward and sharing your your real life experiences because I've also heard that you know the real world uh, at least for for STEM fields uh, is a lot different compared to what you're studying in in undergrad so um having that real world context is probably also really really helpful for those um, undergraduate women who are trying to figure out their careers in the future and I absolutely love that you're still in contact with them and that you've created that email list where you share your experiences as a as an engineer in the field with them I I think that's so invaluable and uh, yeah thank you again for all that amazing work and yeah we we Kate honestly Honestly, we just need more women like you in the world. Um, you're really uh, such an inspiration and uh, an incredible role model. So thank you for that. Also, just like how 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 humbling you are, and I mean, you're such a such a such a badass. And I I yeah, I I'm just so glad that our paths have have crossed. And shout out to our to our mutual friend uh, Uzo Four for introducing us. I'm so so glad you you're on the show. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Honestly, like wow, I'm I'm blown away. Oh yeah, I gotta shout out Uzo. I told him I was so excited. I was like, Uzo, I'm gonna be a star like you. <laughs> No, Uzo Uzo is one of our 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 favorite male allies out there. Uh, he's doing incredible things. So yeah, shout out shout out to him and especially also to his startup uh, Relief. Um, you should definitely check that out. Shameless plug there. 
Thank you so much for being on the show, Kate. It was a it was a pleasure. Is there anything else you would like to add or any final words you would like to share with our audience? Just, you can do it. And that concludes our show. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Since this podcast is a free resource to you all, I would really appreciate it so much if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and shared FemHive with all the women in your life. The more reviews, subscribers, and downloads we have, the more amazing guests I'm able to invite and the more value I can give back to you. So trust me, this is in your own best interest. I would also love to hear your key takeaways from this episode. So please tag me on Instagram or DM me and follow fem.hive for more adulting tips and inspirational content for female young professionals. Make sure to also check out femhive.com for more valuable resources. I hope you tune in again next week. Until then, take care, ladies.